1: Welcome to another Toonami Pre-Flight as we continue to wind down our path through the top 100 anime movies of all time. We have two left. It's been quite a ride.
2: And this is number two on the list? I think it isn't, Yeah, right? It's
1: number three. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. I think
2: it's number three. Yeah. Um, but there's only two episodes left. Correct. Where we discuss. We,
1: we didn't entirely go in order.
2: Yeah. But this is like, I think, number three on the list, um... And I think it's probably somewhat inarguable if you've seen the movie. Like of all the movies on the list, this is probably the one that the least amount of people would be like, that doesn't belong almost at the top. Like, this is probably the one everyone's like...
1: I yeah. mean, I feel like the top three is... Pretty solid choices. Yeah. Uh, you could potentially reorder a few of them depending on your yeah. own personal preferences, but yeah. no one's going to think it's a travesty.
2: Yeah. Um, so. so today we're going to talk about... Uh, Grave of the Fireflies uh, Takahata's feel good movie of the year (laughs) Takahata's classic film Um, it also leads us to our subject of the day which is your favorite bummer movies because let's just get this out of the way right now this movie is a huge bummer it's such a huge bummer that it's one of those movies you'll watch it and think it's amazing and then the idea of ever watching it again is like uh, I don't know, man. Like, you just don't know if you could go it. I think
1: I've it. seen it three times, but I, it might only yeah, be twice.
2: I've seen it three times total. and I don't plan on watching it again for another decade at least. Um, but basically... So this movie came out in 1988. Uh, it was released as a double feature with Totoro, which blows my mind that they were like, yeah, you know, families get together. And Totoro was first. That's it. <laughs> and then Grave of the Fireflies was second. So Totoro was a huge hit and, uh, you know, really saved Studio Ghibli. Um and Grave of the Fireflies did not do badly, but it's such a difficult movie to watch that, yeah. of course, it was destined to when never When
1: you go be. into every toy store in Tokyo, there are not Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> yeah. stuffed animals everywhere.
2: Um, and it's about a much more painful subject. So Grave of the Fireflies is based on a short story uh, of a man named—let me make sure I get his name right—Akiyuki Nosaka. And Akiyuki Nosaka— Uh, was a child with a sister who survived uh, a firebombing campaign by Americans and his sister like in the film starved to death he did not so he wrote the movie as an apology to his sister because what he said was I always wanted to be a better person but whenever I would get the food and I was with my sister I would just eat it and because he was a child himself and he just couldn't you know, like yeah. he didn't have the strength
1: selfless. selflessness. Yeah,
2: he didn't have the strength of he viewed it as a flaw in his character as a human being. But he didn't have the strength of will at that age to share food when he was already starving to death himself and his foster sister starved to death. So he wrote this story basically as an apology to her and reimagine the main character as sort of a better version of, it was a version of who he wanted to be, someone that could actually be selfless at the, that age. The perfect human. Which I think is a pretty high bar because you can't really, I mean horrible things happen, you know in war. Um, and that's one of the things about this movie well we'll talk about the movie in a minute. So then, so uh, he got several offers to make the short story into a film but he never felt that um anyone could do justice to the devastation of what firebombing a town really looked like um and then when the idea of it becoming animated came about takahata showed him the concept art and he realized oh okay so maybe animation is the medium that really can express this story so he let them go forward so takahata uh, had a team together and originally he wanted to do a more, like, experimental sort of... Because is a very experimental director. He wanted to do more like The Tale of Princess Cayuga, like a watercolor kind of thing. And he realized pretty quickly that they couldn't really afford to fuck around aesthetically, like, that they needed to pretty much keep it clean to sort of focus on the story. He did, however, have the team... Evidently, there's, there's very few true blacks in the film. Evidently, the darkest blacks are actually browns because he wanted it to have a softer look and evidently that was very challenging to the whole team. So he still managed to do to fuck with it enough enough because that's just his restless nature. Um, So the movie came out, it did well in Japan. It's one of the first films to get real notice outside of Japan, one of the first anime. Particularly Roger Ebert was a huge champion of the movie and called it the best anti-war movie of, of the decade of the 80s um even though Takahata doesn't
1: view it as an anti-war no
2: Takahata weirdly doesn't view it as an anti-war film but I think Takahata more was speaking more evidently he's a very much a peacenik himself but I think he was speaking more about people always compare this movie to Barefoot Gen which is an anti-war film that was released around the same time in Japan that is about um the atomic bomb and I think he kind of thought like there's, these movies are just movies. They're not going to make anybody behave differently. Like, this movie isn't about don't go to war. We should all know that. Like, he felt it was about other things. But, unfortunately for him, people <laughs> interpret movies how they want, and almost everyone that watches it, including me, feels... Despite his intention, he did make a very strong anti-war film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> his his view was, I just want to show you what it's like. And he did such an effective job yeah. that you're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah. He wanted to show the spirit of these children and how through, even through adversity, they could they could make magic out of even the worst scenario. That was sort of what was more interesting to him about it, is that they traveled through this blasted landscape and he is trying to help his sister... By making light of everything and sort of trying to make it more that they even even in these scenarios, kids can are so resilient that they can have experiences that you and I would not be able to because they can let go of their sorrow in that moment. Um, So let's look at the trailer. This is the Japanese trailer for the film, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. (laughs) <laughs> sewing with yeah. my neighbor Totoro So uh, <laughs> Nice still Sean You fucking asshole uh, Real dick that one um, So The movie even now is still talked about um, Because it's if You know if you're into Classic film or anime It's sort of a hole in your in your knowledge, if you haven't <clears throat> watched this movie, but, um, every single person who's ever seen it, you say greater, the fireflies, they're always like, Oh man. Yeah. Like they're like, even everybody loves it, but everybody is like, it's rough. Cause it basically is two hours of these kids struggling to survive, walking around this completely devastated because the Americans for about a year leading up to the atomic bomb, We ruthlessly firebombed all major Japanese cities, regardless of the civilian population, knowing that when we firebombed them, most of their buildings were made out of wood. Most of their structures were wood and paper. So uh, when they would drop these firebombs, they literally would burn the whole city to the fucking ground. And we did it for a straight year. And we finally resorted to the atomic bomb because... Even doing that wasn't stopping the Japanese. And we finally had, I guess, Truman felt he had to be like, enough. But even then, no one really talks about that because we all talk about the atomic bomb part. But there was a year-long, at least, firebombing campaign that ruthlessly killed thousands and thousands of civilians so these kids are caught up in that and there's no effort made by the movie to sort of show any heroism or bravery or the things that you normally associate with war films it's literally just look how much this fucking
1: sucks yeah I mean they definitely have moments of finding the magic but you're still watching two kids starve to death over the course of two and a half hours
2: and so spoiler alert the kids both starve to death the movie starts with the brother being found in a um, train station dead of starvation and then we sort of flash back to tell the tale so right now to get a true taste of bummerism we're going to see the scene where his sister dies so if you don't want to see that I don't want to see it come back in four minutes and uh, we will (laughs) we'll continue talking about the movie see you in a minute
1: I brought you something special, and I know that you're gonna like it. Say that.
3: Have one. Hmm? Sisuko, what? Rice balls. I made them for you. Here. Have one. You don't want them? Setsuko? Look, it's a watermelon, and I didn't even have to
1: steal it. Here, eat it.
3: It's good. Hold on to this, and I'll go make us some rice gruel with eggs.
1: I'll leave the melon here for you. Okay?
3: Seda. Hmm? Thank
0: you. <laughs>
1: She never woke up.
2: So, yeah, it's a fun life that film that, that scene <laughs> um, but it you know, again, one of the most, I think powerful um, anti-war movies uh, ever made, and certainly a great argument if anyone ever wants to be like, "Animations for kids, just be like cool, watch this movie." Yeah, it's about two kids." ironically it yeah, was I don't think
1: Disney would have taken the pitch for
2: well Disney Grimm, so Fireflies. Disney got the the rights to all the Ghibli films and they didn't get the rights yeah. to this one but that's partially because the rights to this are held by the original publishing company who put out the short story so I guess they would have had to make a separate deal yeah, specifically yes they didn't go this.
1: really out of their yeah, way yeah they were it. like yeah that one's probably <laughs> yeah you can have all these we can't have carry out the Five fries. okay uh, done that's fine <laughs>
2: Um, So it has been re-released in theaters by G Kids, And it is currently available on Blu-ray from Sentai So you can still get it It's never really been out of print Because it's such a classic Um, So if you haven't seen it I don't know if it's streaming anywhere Uh, You can download it on iTunes I know that But you should see it You should just need to bring a box of tissues Watch Totoro
1: after Do the double feature Do the double feature in
2: reverse Yeah, Yeah, watch Totoro after um, Because it's a three-hanky for sure Um, But yeah I think I first saw it It was on home video Roger Ebert championing it Was probably the single And it won a bunch of film festival things Was probably the main reason it ended up in video stores When we were younger Yeah because it was in Blockbuster, like on VHS, and that's when I saw it at the point at which I was sort of investigating other anime. <laughs> I remember being like,
1: holy shit. Yeah, I saw it in high school <laughs> and then not again for 20 years. Yeah. And then yeah, I think really, I saw literally it. Literally 20 years I think ago. I saw it when it, the Blu ray, I mean, when it came out on DVD. I was yeah. like, okay, I think I'm ready again. <laughs> and then I got the Blu ray, but I still haven't watched the Blu ray. So yeah, I think I've seen it twice.
2: I, wa- I rewatched it in preparation for this. Um, Fuck that. And. Uh, Yeah, I won't be watching it again for a while. Um, So that leads us to today's topic, which is... What are your favorite bummer movies? Because, man, that's a bummer. Um, So I'll go first. Um, You know, ironically, uh, I do watch a ton of film... But I don't lean towards very sad dramas... Because bummer movies... Bum me out (laughs) So like Sure uh, There's always a movie Every year That I want to watch That's like about someone Who's got Alzheimer's Or something you know And I'm always like Yeah I need to see that And then Whenever it comes down To actually Watching it
1: I'm always like What do you want to watch tonight Oh let's watch uh, The Fireflies uh, You know
2: like yeah Um, So these are some of the more recent bummer movies that I like a lot and would be willing to watch more than once, even though they're bummers. And first up, this movie is from last year, actually, and that is Lean on Pete, uh, which is the story of a young man who is basically lives with his dad. They have no money. They're basically almost homeless. And he is just you follow this kid and he's basically just struggling to survive Um, So he takes a job working for Steve Buscemi, taking care of a horse called Lean on Pete. He forms an attachment to the horse, and uh, there comes a point in the story that's not giving anything away, where Steve Buscemi wants to basically sell the horse to the glue factory, you know, classic style. And Pete tries to run away with the horse, and things go even worse. But the whole movie... This kid is such a sweet and and the the I don't know the actor's name. I I should have looked it up. I'll look it up over when we look at the trailer. Um he it's so well acted that and so naturalistic that you just feel so bad for the kid. You're just like give him a fucking break. Come on, you know. Uh that you're waiting the whole movie holding your breath hoping worse things don't happen to him and they keep happening to him, but it's a great movie either way. Uh, Chloe Sevigny is in it, and she's great. And Steve Buscemi is terrific. Um, it that is, kid. Yeah, it is one of the two great horse-themed films from last year, along with The Rider, uh, that were both bummers and both great. Um, so
1: favorite, favorite horse movies is down the road. <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah, it's going to be those two. Um, so anyway, you should check out Lean on Pete. It's a really good sort of road trip Sad movie about people that are, you know, living on the margins of our of our very rich country. Um, so let's check out the trailer, and I'll look up this actor's name.
1: So what do you think about all this, Charlie? What do you mean? Yeah, working the backside, being here in the
3: asshole or nowhere. I like working horses. What's this one's name? Leon Pete. here's number six, Leon <laughs> Pete.
1: You won, right? Yes. Look, if we're going to be working together, you got to get some manners. You got to chew your
0: food. What does your mom say?
3: I don't know. I don't know her.
0: Well, does your dad have any manners?
1: I don't know. I guess I haven't really noticed. You gonna be okay on your own today? Yeah. Did your mom leave you or something? Yeah. Reaching
3: out to find
1: you. Hey Pete. How you doing? you.
0: Can't get attached to the horse. I know. Why not? They're here to race and nothing else.
1: It's Listen,
0: kid, things are changing. What do you mean? I'm selling him. He's not a pet. It's just a horse. I'll buy it <laughs> with one money. And where are you going to keep them? Not in my stones. Come on, Pete.
3: I'm gonna get us out of here. My horse needs water. Do you mind if I get some? Who's that? It's a kid with a horse. in really? my mind? Sorry, Charlie, but I need to call someone for you. Just give me a number. What is number? Charlie!
4: And you don't have anywhere else to go. You're kind of stuck.
3: Do you guys think I could get a job around here? Yeah. There's a lot of jobs for homeless kids. I'm not homeless.
1: So you're a runaway? No. Okay, Charlie, where are your parents? You gonna get on him next? He's not riding. Charlie Plummer. That's a bummer.
2: Good job, kid. Uh, That movie is actually from 2017. I just waited till last year because first it's like, depending on the ad you saw, I didn't see that ad. There was another ad that made it more like a a boy and his horse movie, and I'm always like, fuck off with that like sports redemption bullshit. But it's not that at all. So if you like sports redemption movies, this is not a movie for you. Uh, This is if you like bummers. That feature horses. So next up is another great bummer movie, and that's the recent uh, x man spin-off, Logan, the final Wolverine film. Um, James Mangold directed, uh, and features basically it's sort of an alternate timeline, I guess at this point. But it's a f- it's a future in which uh, Logan. Is no longer really Wolverine He's a limo driver His healing factor is breaking down And he's slowly dying Uh, He has Professor X And he's taking care of Professor X uh, Giving him medication Because Professor X is also dying And he keeps having these crazy episodes Where he's going to you know
1: he can't control his powers. He anymore. can't
2: control his powers, mm-hmm. so they are in hiding because all mutants are gone. They don't really give you a reason, or you know, it's just sort of they've all died off, um, or been or hunted. Been, yeah, I've been hunted? So Logan gets caught up with a young girl who uh, you come to find out, spoiler alert, is a genetic copy, a female copy of Logan. So basically, his daughter for the purposes of the movie, and he is trying to. He decides, I'm going to help get her to safety regardless of what it means for me because he knows he's dying. Um, and
1: Yeah, it's The Last of Us meets old man. Yeah, it's,
2: it's absolutely terrific and it's absolutely fucking brutal. It is the best superhero movie uh, I've seen in a long time um, and certainly the best X-Men movie related film
1: which is not by necessarily
2: a huge margin well X-Men 2 is pretty good Um, so anyway uh, if you like the X-Men or you like Hugh Jackman or you know any of this sounds good to you I think you'll like the movie (laughs)
1: like old man it's pretty great
2: it's pretty sad the ending did make me cry my daughter saw it uh, separately and told me that movie was the worst and I was like you didn't like it she's like no it was so sad I was bawling like a baby at the end it's very much about a father-daughter thing, so it was funny um, to hear her <laughs> so talk about it. Was it. Ah, it was hilarious. So this is a scene from the movie. Um, I mean, the trailer's great, but I think I've actually shown the trailer here before, so I thought we'd show a clip.
1: This yeah, I think is a, we talked about it in our favorite old man movies. Yeah,
2: this is a clip towards the end of the kids trying to get out and fighting these soldiers, and I believe that's this clip, and Logan going fucking bananas being the wolverine berserker one last time he's jacked himself up on goop balls
1: yeah they have these
2: yeah he he's he's gotten an injection of some shit that basically wakes him up for a little while and revs his immune system back up for like half an hour and he so he just goes bananas killing people so it's pretty great so check it out
3: It's got water.
1: He's Sur- really
2: nasty. Surprise! Kid. I was just fucking with you. That was the scene where Charles dies and Logan buries him, and it is some incredibly fine acting on Hugh Jackman's part. Um, I just headfaked you. Cool. It's pretty sad though. Um. So next up, and my final pick. A, it's another western themed one as jillian pointed out mine are all western picks look the west is a fucking bummer. it's yeah things, it's a
1: stark reality yeah
2: things go there and die man uh like common sense all kinds of things die in the west um so finally uh my next film is probably the one most of you will have seen that like movies and that's brokeback mountain the oscar winner for best picture the year that it came out um And uh, one of the best films that year. So Brokeback Mountain is based on an Anne Proulx short story um, that was then adapted by her and Larry McMurtry into this movie. Um, And it's about two cowboys that fall in love. And basically, they can't reconcile. They live in a world where they're not allowed to be gay. And so they... It's it's about their long relationship over twenty years that they have with one another and how each of them deals with having to live a closeted life um, and how the fact that you know the the tragedy that the love of their lives is a person that they'll only be able to see once or twice a year yeah, while they have to, while they, with. while they have to pretend to be something that they're not um, and it's played by two straight actors but it's still a really good movie um it's got some absolutely gorgeous photography and some really poetic moments um and it's really really sad especially towards the end when jake gyllenhaal's character passes away and heath ledger's character is having to deal with not only uh trying to stay in the closet and pretend that, oh, well, my friend died. Yeah. That's a bummer. But
1: he's hell of, also... Hell, a man. He, real yeah, man deals with it.
2: He's also dealing with the losing the love of his life and basically the possibilities that they lost not being able to be together. Um, so it's a pretty crushing movie uh, if you care about these characters. So I have a scene from that fun movie that we're going to check out right now. For work, I
1: suggest you get in here pronto. Well, since we're going to be working together, I reckon it's time we start drinking together. Be like this, just like this always.
3: This thing grabs hold of us in the wrong place, and we're dead. The
2: boys sure found a way to make the time pass up there.
3: You don't go up there to fish. So you don't know nothing about her.
1: You have no idea how bad it gets.
3: If you can't fix it, you gotta stand it. I wish I knew how to quit you.
2: trailers were bad even 10 was, years ago. I think because that was the DVD <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. release trailer,
2: trailer. It's like that was saying it makes it look like a fucking lifetime movie of the week. <laughs> it's, it's not like that at all. Although it does have some of the funniest old people makeup of any movie because it's got, like, Anne Hathaway is supposed to be, like, 50, and they just give her, like, a blonde
1: They got the people who did the Back to the Future (laughs) old people makeup. They don't look older
2: at all, Um, which, you know, whatever. They need the True Detective
1: (laughs) season three old people makeup. Totally. That's some amazing
2: old people makeup. Um, So those are three of my favorite bummer
1: movies. Those are all amazing bummers yeah they are bummers uh first for me is 2009 john hill coates the road uh based off the cormac mccarthy movie that is an even bigger bummer than the movie is the cormac mccarthy book what'd i say the cormac mccarthy movie oh yeah the, the cormac yeah. mccarthy movie is really sad <laughs> An even bigger bummer than the movie of the road is, is the it's a remake <laughs> of the cormac mccarthy movie um there has been a an apocalyptic event And the world is ending slash ended. A man and his boy are making their way to the coast to try to escape winter. Um, Their wife slash mom has left. I think she's dead. Yeah. Um, Because they had three bullets in their gun and the man used one of them to shoot an intruder. So there were only two bullets. So they couldn't all kill themselves. Worst case scenario. So she takes off her winter coat and walks out into the woods to die in exposure in uh because of exposure and then the movie really takes a sad turn from there so um this the it ends differently than the book but it's and they change a couple of things around but um this movie is really great this scene is um meeting some new friends in a house and it's a pretty fun way to experience the apocalypse <laughs> that's fun he kills him spoiler yeah. then the movie it's a fake that's actually the end so sorry for spoiling it um next is another fun romp through the west and that is leaving las vegas uh the 1995 mike Figgis movie based on the john o'brien uh autobiography uh that fun fact after he sold the rights to the movie he killed himself uh and that is uh he, Nicholas was, a, Cave. he was about that life yeah Nicholas Cage is a screenwriter who is uh, a late stage alcoholic and has lost his job and his family and all of his uh, friends and has decided he's going to move to Las Vegas to drink himself to death, uh, where he meets Elizabeth which Shue. He, which he succeeds at. Spoiler alert. He's not a quitter. Uh, he meets Elizabeth Shue, who no is quitter. a prostitute. Uh, And they form a bond together and their deal is she can't ask him to stop drinking and he can't ask her uh, or can't disparage, I guess, her profession. And it's set up to where when you're watching the movie, you sort of feel like they're going to save each other and it's going to be a redemption tale. And it is not.
2: There's no redemption.
1: Um, So the trailer super bananasly frames it like it's a romantic comedy. The original trailer. (laughs) It's like the recut of The Shining trailer. It's like, oh,
2: really? It's that it's, weird?
1: It's not quite that much, but it, they frame it very much like these two lovable scamps, and it's totally fucked up. So this is actually a fan trailer that gives you more of a feel for the actual movie.
3: We're going to let you go, okay? Okay. What are you going to do now?
4: I thought I'd move out to Las Vegas. My-
3: cry slowly my never
1: cry <laughs> brings you to las vegas
3: i came here to drink myself to death i thought maybe we could get some dinner
1: the thought of you makes
4: my heart sing
3: Don't you think you'll get a little bored living with a drunk?
4: Well, that's what I want. I'm the wings of...
3: You can never ask me to stop drinking.
0: Really cool place in the desert. We could go away for a couple days.
3: The drink and the laughs on me Pardon me, but I got.
2: Oh, like a little sting to bum me out. Yeah. Uh, that was after that movie that Nicholas Cage said he just wanted to make people laugh. And he did like 10 years worth of dumb comedies and shit because that movie just took it out of him.
1: He, uh, to prepare for that, he went like on a crazy binge drinking rampage and had people film him so he could see how he was and yeah. how he talked when he was totally hammered. Um, Uh, Yeah, that's what I've done that too. Right. Which seems fun for like a long weekend, but for like a month feels like that's probably awful. Yeah. Um, My last bummer is The Verdict, the 1982 Sidney Lumet uh, directed David Mamet scripted (laughs) movie
2: of. (laughs) It's still frame alone.
1: Paul (laughs) Newman, who also is an alcoholic. Uh, He is a lawyer who had a super promising career and then was framed for jury tampering. And has uh, his life hasn't gone not dealt with it well. the way that yeah. ideally he thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, so he has been given a case by his mentor, uh, which is a woman was uh, in childbirth and was given an anesthesia. She uh, had problems breathing. She threw up in her mask, and she had she's now in a vegetative state. So she that was at a Catholic hospital in Boston in the early '80s, and uh, the case is basically her family trying to settle with um, the diocese, and it turns out to be this giant sort of conspiracy movie and lawyer movie, and it's really great. Um, He lost out the Oscar that year to um, that heck, Ben Kingsley and Gandhi, but uh, was a well-received movie. This is a better movie than Gandhi, though. Yeah. I mean, but for the Academy Awards, you're not going to give it. I like this movie. This short story long this is my favorite ending to a movie which i'm going to show you mostly spoiler free uh so that you can actually still watch the movie but the actual ending is here weirdly uh whoever uploaded this clip uh strangely the verdict does not have a tremendous amount of clips yeah on youtube um but you can't turn the subtitles off so you'll see the phone ringing um but other than that uh check it out
2: It's just
1: looking for. Sadly, can't end movies like that anymore because rolling to voicemail isn't nearly as dramatic. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know who any of those people are or what the fuck is going on, check out Verdict. Uh, it's great. So let's see some of the Adult Swim Facebook picks for favorite bummer movies.
2: Those are pretty good bummer movies. Raccoon
1: for a Dream, I bought, watched once, and then sold the DVD immediately. Um, I actually,
2: don't have... a fan. I don't like that movie at all. Yeah. Um, Iron Giant is a great bummer movie. Yeah. Dancer
1: um, in the Dark. Uh, Dancer
2: in the Dark. Woo, fucking... that's a bummer movie. I, cou- I almost talked about it, but I
1: didn't want to think about that yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. That movie is a so super
2: bummer. Well
1: done. Uh, yeah. uh, let's see what some of the tsunami Facebook picks are.
2: <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies, fun. Welcome of Your Dreams, Schindler's, <laughs> Schindler's List, man. Woo, yeah. there's a great... That's probably, of these bummer movies, the one I've watched... The most times. I think I've seen that movie like 10 times, which is rough, but it's such a great movie yeah. that I, there are parts of it that make up for the parts that are super rough. Um, In a Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, I've seen a bunch of times too, but that has yeah. at least some, yeah. somewhat of a happy ending. Right. Um, so, well, those are great picks all around. Um, so now let's talk about this week's sneak peeks.
1: This week's topicals.
2: This week's topical peaks.
1: Gil? Uh, well, we gotta wait for the graphic to finish because we have to give the.
2: Yeah, they, how cyclical. could they know what we're gonna say?
1: Well, Sean's gotta be able to have time to queue up the next thing. Can't just immediately cut it, come back and vamp a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well, we've vamped now, so. Three. Get to work. Two.
1: Let's check out the Topical for Super, premiering tomorrow night at 11.
3: Be destroyed I spend every tortured hour dreaming of fighting you again. Dragon Ball Super, Saturdays at eleven. Bring it! Only tsunami on a dog swim. I'm not paying attention.
1: Cool. Uh let's Why check. do I need
2: to be paying attention?
1: Because we're doing the show here.
2: I mean, but why does it matter if I'm paying attention? You're not paying attention half the time. What? Yeah, exactly.
1: Let's see what uh Bordeaux looks like at eleven thirty tomorrow night
3: the next all new episode of Boruto. That's a huge fire. My children are still inside that building. You have been come back! You stay right there! Boruto, Saturday at 1130. Only Tsunami on Adult Swim.
1: And then next is My Hero Academia at Midnight
3: next all new episode of my hero academia we teachers are trying to crush you with everything we've got no hope is back my hero academia saturday at midnight
1: and next we have mob psycho 100 saturday night at 12 30
3: On the next all-new episode of Mob Psycho 100. Behold the ultimate weapon of destruction. Die! Mob Psycho 100, Saturday at 1230.
0: Having psychic powers doesn't make you popular.
3: Only Toonami on Adult Swim.
0: It's a good topical.
1: Uh, And then last for topicals is Megalobox uh, tomorrow night at 1.00.
3: On the next all-new episode of Megalobox. We've
1: come a pretty long
3: way, haven't we, Pops? Yeah. And we can do this. Damn right we can. Megalobox, Saturday at 1. Only <laughs> Toonami on Adult Swim. Sweet, sweet rocking guitar.
1: Yeah. And then... uh. Pushing towards the premiere next Saturday night, February 9th at 12:30, is the new season of Sword Art Online, uh, which will be a special one-hour episode. Uh, so here is the trailer for Sword Art Online. What the hell? Where am I? Am I in a game right now? Remember being at Agil's place? Who are you? Ah, oh, come on, Kirito. Don't you recognize me? Then I left with Asuna.
3: Johnny Black! <laughs> you got
1: no sword here!
3: Death Gun! <gasps> but I can't remember what happened next. Command. Log out. Log
4: out. What does that mean?
3: Anyone, abort the dive! I think there's something wrong in
1: here! Am I dreaming?
3: Get ready for the one-hour premiere of Sword Art Online. Alicization. Next Saturday at 12.30. Only tsunami on Adult Swim.
1: Uh, alicization. Alic- 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 alicization. 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 Uh, so we're looking forward to the new Sword Art Online Alicization. alicization. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, and next up is Dana's Mobile on the Move, that, uh, next in her series of mobiles on the move. Uh, she is playing Stardew Valley again. Again. For the first time. Uh, Which is I, just
2: Harvest Moon. I, I don't know how they got away with it. It's such a direct ripoff of...
1: Yeah. I played so much Harvest Moon that I can't... <laughs> I can't ever go or, back? No, <laughs> like it's, it's... I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait. And then I start up like... The nope.
2: Switch is actually the perfect... Yeah, it, vehicle. It, it really feels weird playing it on, like, a PlayStation 4. Yeah. But the Switch is, like, the perfect vehicle for it. So yeah. if you haven't played Harvest Moon, it's great to play Stardew Valley. It's just an RPG. It's a farming RPG, really. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, and they've thrown in some, like... Relationship building. Emojis. Yeah, I mean... Social shit. That's mostly why I come. But let's hear what Dana has to say about this round of Stardew Valley.
4: Hey everybody, it's Dane Swanson here to talk about Stardew Valley. Wow, this game's been around for a hot minute, I know. It was on Steam, then it was on Switch, which I played it on Switch, I love it on Switch. And then I like took a break from it and couldn't remember why, wanted to refresh my memory. So I played it on iPad for 40 hours and I don't even feel like I scratched the surface. So why is this game so hot? Why did I give it up? Well, okay, what's it about? It's about finding out the weather, farming, foraging, fishing, finding minerals in weird places you didn't expect, friending people. There's so many people in this game. Overall, I find this game so relaxing. Uh, I think just because of like pulling up vegetables and watering flowers and chopping down trees. Like there's there's a lot to it that is just like relaxing. But sometimes you can panic and I, I think I've had this panic with other games about how you don't use the day to the best of your ability. But that's also fine. Sometimes you just want to like, go hang out in Cinder Snap Forest and get high with a wizard and do what you do. Then you go to sleep get whatever money from whatever you shipped and then you start your day all back over so other things that i really uh loved with both playthroughs was uh, filling out different stuff in the community center because you felt like you had a goal you're gonna beat Jojo mart you're gonna beat the fake walmart you're gonna do it right you gotta help these little like booger buddies the junimos geronimos I think I would know this by now I've played it a long time you gotta help them just like finish out their community center so I don't know you can have a mail room or whatever but once that part is done or once you sort of feel bored with that I know you're supposed to like be able to open up all this stuff but I just sort of like I get bored with just designing my house and uh that's something that's similar with Animal Crossing and with this if you like designing stuff you're gonna love it if you like setting up your own area you're gonna love it I just kind of like put out some jars and some kegs and I go to bed. And then maybe just like make sure my cows and chickens are happy. I'm not the most adept at like graphing out a cute plot. So what is the big emotional labor of this game? People asking you for shit. People ask you for shit all the time. And sometimes that gets annoying. Sometimes it's fine. Robin wants her axe. Sure, Robin, I'll go find your ex. Give me money, sounds great. Easy transaction. And then sometimes people are like, I don't want to be your friend unless you just give me stuff. So I actually took to uh, social media, at uh, Dana Swanson, and I was trying to ask people and friends of mine and people I don't know, um, who they like, who they don't like. So here we go. A lot of people said Haley, um, but apparently like after you kind of get to know her a little better, she's not as terrible. Some people said Shane, who in my opinion is someone I really like because he's easy to find. I just throw hot peppers at him. I throw beer at him. I get to see like his whole alcoholic storyline. I, I love it. Then you also have another barfly, Pam, also easy to find. Always in the bar. Talks about driving the bus or doesn't talk at all and stares at the wall. The person that I hate is Clint um, because he's the blacksmith in town. He's very put upon... He um, talks about how he has no money right after I gave him ten thousand gold to get something. Like Clint, wh- don't tell me like I'm I'm one of your food supplies. But then maybe also get a better marketing agency. So with this playthrough, I didn't even get my horse yet, which is like one of my favorite things. You just walk and slow everywhere. I never got a light ring. Uh, which I'm wearing my real life light ring right now because I wish I got one because it's real dark at night and I can't see anything. So it it really does, um, for me, it feels like I can stop now. It feels like I've kind of done what I can do. My eyes are getting crossed, my mind's going numb. I don't want to be judged by my grandfather in the third year. Uh, My grandfather in real life was a farmer and I felt very judged by him. And also he hated farming. And did it for 90 years. So I feel like I'm bringing in like a lot of emotional baggage and weight into this. So, you know what, Stardew Valley, it's been real. Um, but I have stuff to do. I love you. And maybe in another year, I'll enjoy it again. Thanks, everybody. I'm at Dana Swanswan. Swan. Tell me to play a different game other than Farming Simulator because I'm bad at it.
1: Even watching that makes me like, maybe. And then I know as soon as I start it up, i gonna be like, nope. I wonder if she'll ever finish. No, no. Um,
2: and then finally, we have this week's adult some single, which was released on Monday, and that's from the great band Health from their upcoming album. And the song is called "I Feel." It's called "Feel Nothing." It's presumed, I guess, the "I" is presumed, but "Feel Nothing." Um, it's
1: imploring you, rather yeah. Than
2: please feel nothing. You. Um It's terrific. Their new album sounds uh, amazing. So we're very happy to be able to premiere the single. Let's check it out.
3: Sure don't feel nothing
2: Someone told me on Twitter that that goat head proves that it's we Baff- are Baphomet and that we are Illuminati. So, well, well, no. busted, I guess. Yep,
1: Let the cat out of the bag.
2: So, uh, if you like that single, uh, you can go back and listen to the other 22 weeks worth of singles at adultswim.com singles. Or come back next week where we will release a new song probably on Wednesday. Um, and we're going to go for a full year. So, that's it for... We hope that we bummed you out. Yep, just a little bit, and we'll be back next week with our final. I believe so. um, Greatest anime film of all time,
1: and then we're gonna just reboot, Uh,
2: and then we're gonna yeah, we're gonna have a whole whole new concept. Right. So we'll see you. Sit over there, Jason's gonna sit here, and everything's gonna be different. Totally backwards. So we'll see you soon. Bye. Tsunami
1: now every Saturday night from nine to four.